We meet today in Psalm chapter 8, verse 1 to verse 9. Psalm 8 is a messianic psalm emphasizing the humanity of Christ and his ultimate victory as a man. Messianic psalms are so called because they are quoted in the New Testament in direct reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 8 is quoted three times in the New Testament. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself quoted from this psalm. In Matthew 21, we have recorded what is called the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. The children in the temple were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. That is Matthew 21 verse 9. The chief priests and the scribes said, Do you hear what these are saying? It was this time that Jesus said, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Matthew 21 verse 16. You see, our Lord was quoting Psalm 8 verse 2. He was telling the chief priests and the scribes that it would be a good idea if they read this scripture so that they would understand why the children were singing Hosanna to the son of David. The second quotation from this psalm is found in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 27. That is the resurrection chapter. We have a quotation that says, For he has put all things under his feet. He has put all things under his feet. It is quite obvious that this psalm does not refer to our present day, as Paul explains. In that particular reference in First Corinthians 15 verse 27, we read, For he has put all things under his feet, but when he says, all things are put under his feet. It is evident that he who put all things under him is expected. Now, we today do not see all things put under Christ. That is for sure. However, the most complete quotation is found in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 8, which makes it very clear that Psalm 8 refers to our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2, verse 5 to verse 8. For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. Now, again, it is called to our attention that you and I live in a day when all things are not yet under Christ. Obviously, Psalm 8 looks to the future. Therefore, it is a messianic psalm that is looking into the future. When you read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, you hear, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, 
by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. You see, Psalm 8 is talking about Jesus here. Now, this second great messianic psalm begins with a wonderful statement. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And the psalm also closes with the statement, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. What a wonderful way to begin a psalm and a wonderful way to end it. Now, this is not a reference to the present hour in which we are living. God's name is not very excellent in the world today, is it? The fact of the matter is that people today are not saying very much about God. You see, you may even notice on the news broadcast, newscasts as they come, that God may never be mentioned in certain countries. Yet God actually makes the news. But he is never brought into the picture. He is being left out and left out of, out purposely as people do because they don't want to bring, uh, themselves to accountability and even to acknowledge that God is there. Now, sometimes you find that in some schools his word is not wanted. The so-called broad-minded people believe that everybody should be head and people should actually be allowed to do whatever they want without being curtailing them. Yet they are also bridling me who is wanting to talk about God. My friend, can I express my own heart? Don't I have a share in freedom as well? I would like to have prayer in the schools for my children. How about you? I would like some public recognition of God. Do I not have that freedom? I would like to have prayer even in public places. Should I not have that freedom? Why do people who are opposing me speak of me touching on their freedom? Do I not have freedom any longer in my own land? Well, it tells me one thing. God's name is not excellent today. So again, this psalm is talking of something that will happen in the future. This first verse in Psalm 8 is a prophecy. It looks to the future, a glorious future. And it is a messianic psalm in which we see God's man. It emphasizes the humanity of Christ and his ultimate victory as man. In Psalm 2, we saw men in rejection and man's rebellion against God. In Psalm 8, we see that man finally gains control of this earth. And the day will come when God's name will be excellent in all the earth. Oh, how I long for that day. At this point, I should even mention that this psalm is addressed to the chief musician on the instrument of Gath. Both Psalm 81 and Psalm 84 are also dedicated to the chief musician on the instrument of Gath. What does that mean? The instrument of God has generally been interpreted as a musical instrument, a type of a lyre. A Jewish scholar said it was an instrument known in Gath. And you will recall that David found shelter in Gath when he was escaping from King Saul. He probably learned to play this instrument at that time and later introduced it to Israel. 
the Latin Vulgan and the Septuagint translated the word Gitath as winepress. I think there is significance in that also. As some eight reveals the winepress of suffering that the Lord Jesus went into for you and me. As men, he tested death for all men. He tested the bitterness of the winepress. Later on, Isaiah will tell us that the Lord Jesus is coming from Edom. He says, I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. For I have trodden them in my anger, and trembled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes. Isaiah 63 verse 3. Now, the juice of the grapes of, on his garments is not his own blood, but that of his enemies. You see, if the blood of Christ means nothing to you now and you are not saved, you will have to be judged, my friend. It is either his blood or yours. That is the position of men in the world today. Psalm 8 is a psalm of David. There are those who try to read into it the death for the son, supposing that David wrote it at the time of the death of Bathsheba's infant son, or on the occasion of the death of the giant Goliath. Well, I mention all these theories because this is the psalm that apparently has great and deep meaning. This psalm goes all the way from heavens, the moon and the stars, to nursing the children. Also, this psalm goes along with Psalm 19, another nature psalm which speaks of the scriptures and the sun. But the sun is not mentioned here in Psalm 8 at all. Let's go into the proper psalm and read those verses that shed light into our eyes. Here is Psalm 8 verse 1 to verse 2. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set glory above thy heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. The Lord made the truth of this verse clearer when he said on earth, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18 verse 3 It was children who cried, Hosanna to the son of David. Matthew 21 verse 15 And they did so during his so-called triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Well, actually, I do not consider it a triumphal entry. We must wait until he comes to earth again. Then he will really have a triumphal entry. This is just a little picture of the fact that he is coming to the earth again. And when he does, he will establish his kingdom. In the meantime, we must be converted and become as little children. And I think this means that you and I must be born again and become like children in our disposition of faith. Like little children, we must put aside all our boasting and come in simple faith. 
How tremendous is the faith of a little child. The other time when my son was still a little boy, putting him on top of a roof and just asking him to jump up to me, he didn't care. He simply jumped. But I imagined if I had put an adult at the same place and say, jump, I'll catch you. The adult would be skeptical. The adult would be cynical. We need childlike faith so that we can trust what God has done for us. In this psalm, we see the Lord Jesus Christ as the creator. You have nature, the creation, and you even have the man, the creature. You have a relationship here. That's what we see. Psalm 8 verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. My friend, when you look into the sky and see the stars and all the starry hosts, who do you think did that? The psalmist said, which you have ordained. That means God has put the stars and all these heavenly bodies in their places. The heavens are the work of his fingers. It is interesting that when the word of God speaks of salvation, it refers to the bad arm of the Lord. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 53 verse 1. But when the word of God speaks of the creation of the heavens and the earth, it calls it his finger, the work of his finger. Now, as John Wesley put it, God created the heavens and the earth and didn't half try. Creation was his finger work, like the crouching of a woman, you see. God put his glory above his creation, and it is great to us, and there is a glory in creation. But we don't worship his creation, no, we worship the creator. His finger work tells out his glory and his power, so that it can turn our attention to him who is worthy of worship. We do not need to exchange the glory of the creator for the creature. We must honor him as the creator. Psalm 8 verse 4 What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Now there are those still working on the problem of what is man. Man is a complicated creature. He is a human being. Man belongs to the human race and there are people still trying to figure out how we got here. Well, the Bible says that God created us and put us on the earth. Then man went afore. Man turned aside. He disobeyed and disbelieved God. Why would God be mindful of man? Why didn't God just wipe man out and get rid of him? Well, we see here man is a great failure. We don't like to hear that. We want to hear about success. Man doesn't have a success story today. He is really a miserable failure. He has gotten this world even into a mess. The psalmist asks, what is man that you are mindful of him? And I tell you why man is important. About 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ visited man because man is important. He made a trip to the earth and he died on the cross to let us know that he loved us. He did not save us by love. He saved us by grace, 
because we did not have anything to offer. We were not worth saving. Yet God the Son came to this earth. I don't know if there are any other planets which are inhabited. Some people try to say they may be or habitable planets somewhere. But I know that Christ has not been to those planets to die on the cross. He came to the planet Earth. Why? Because they are human beings. He loved people. And so this question, what is man that you are mindful of? Christ was mindful of us. Even though we had messed him, even though we had sinned, and even though we are down in this valley, he came down to the valley to be with us. Psalm 8 verse 5. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. When the Lord Jesus made Old Testament appearances, he came as the angel of the Lord. But when he came to Bethlehem, he came much lower than that. He came to the level of man as a baby. Psalm 8 verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Man was given dominion over the works of God's hands, but man lost that. Man does not control this universe today. Science thought it had things under control, but now we find that science has polluted this very earth, and it looks as if our earth will become a big garbage can. Science is responsible for polluting this earth. If you have been worshipping science, my friend, and want to get out of the garbage can, you know what you need. You need God, and it is only God who can help you. You have made him to have dominion. You have put all things under his feet. That is what God had done, but they haven't been put there yet and won't be there until Jesus Christ returns. You see, that is why this psalm is speaking of Christ. Things will be put under the feet of Jesus. And that is in the future. Psalm 8 verse 7 and verse 8. O sheep and oxen, even the beast of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. God made it all. God is the creator. He made the beasts of the fields, the fowl of the air, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. God made all these. He is the creator. He made you and me. In Romans 1 verse 20, Paul says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. We can see God's handiwork by simply looking around to the point where no one can excuse themselves saying, I have an excuse for not knowing God. Psalm 8 verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Notice again the way this psalm concludes with this excellent proclamation of the excellent name of the Lord in all the earth. But 
that is not yet realized in this our time. Not today, but someday the name of the Lord will be excellent in all the earth. In our time, we live in a universe that is groaning, that is travailing in pain, waiting for the redemption, as Romans 8 verse 22 says. But God is above all creation. He has set his glory above the heavens. And up there is that man who over 2,000 years ago came down to this earth to be born in Bethlehem. He is seated now in glory at the right hand of God. Only by faith will we be able to see him. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. First John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see him as he is. What a glorious prospect this is for the child of God to meet with the Savior of the world. And when he comes, I want to meet him. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven. Seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven, followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa, it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five.